Hey, would you do me a favor and please put down that toad? Did you know this, that there's been an explosion of interest in the hallucinogenic properties of the secretions of the Sonoran Desert Toad, sometimes referred to as the Colorado River Toad? You may have heard these stories of people licking toads. Well, it's, it's not quite like that, but it does have, that does have some basis in fact. Uh, this toad in particular is found in northern Mexico and the southwest United States. And part of the secretions has a chemical which is known as DMT, and it works by binding to the serotonin receptors in your brain that improves your mood and that sort of thing. And so the secretions from the toad are actually burned, and then that smoke is inhaled by users to get high. How did we get to a point where this has now become a drug of choice by a certain certain set? What? How did we get here? Kimon DeGrieff has written a fascinating piece about the Pied Piper of psychedelic toads. Welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me, Alan. Give me a sense of how widespread this practice is, how big it is. Um, nowhere close to as big as, say, the use of ayahuasca or more classic hallucinogens like magic mushrooms or LSD. But in the psychedelic, psychedelic subculture over the last decade, um, five MEO DMT consumption, um, slightly different to DMT, um, obtained from the Sonoran Desert Toad or synthetic has really surged in popularity, um, driven in part by celebrity uptake. People like Mike Tyson have smoked Toad and spoken very positively about it. Um, Hunter Biden wrote in his memoir that he'd used Toad to overcome um, uh, cocaine addiction. And, and so there has been quite a flood of interest and uh, no one knows how many uses there are, but uh, certainly many times more than they were even a decade ago when this practice was very underground and, and largely secretive. Interesting too, that there are concerns about the sustainability of this toad population if, if, if this really begins to catch on. But you, you write about a guy named Octavio Rettig, the, as you describe him, the Pied Piper of psychedelic toads. What role does he play in all of this? Um, so Octavio Rettig is a medical doctor from Mexico who uh, had a long struggle with addiction himself. And after medical school, I became addicted to crack cocaine and was in quite a dark place. Um, a friend of his introduced him to the secretions of the Sonoran Desert Toad and like many other users of this molecule, he had what felt like a series of epiphanies and um, claimed to heal himself of, of his crack addiction through smoking toad. He then went on to share this experience with as many people as he could around the world. He saw it as his mission to introduce this practice to, to all who needed it. Um, at one point at Burning Man in 2013, he told an interviewer that, he believed that everybody in the world would have this experience. Now, it's an extremely powerful and fast-acting psychedelic, and um, many users and practitioners working with the substance would um, urge very great caution before making such a statement. But Octavio was a very effusive, and remains a very effusive, I would say, evangelist of toad smoking. Um, he then began using toad secretion to treat 
um, some methamphetamine addicts in a remote northern Mexican indigenous community, the Seri tribe. And through this work came to believe that he had resurrected an ancient indigenous psychedelic ritual that had gone extinct during the colonial era. Um, the Seri were reduced to fewer than 200 people. Um, the Sonoran government in the 19th century used to pay out bounties for murdering Seri men and women. And so this tiny tribe that had been almost exterminated, um, Octavio constructed a hypothesis that he still believes that this tribe had made use of toad, that that knowledge had gone extinct and that through his uh, addiction treatment with the substance, he had uh, brought it back into existence. And, and this narrative um, proved very popular around the world because he was a man who said, I've healed myself. I've healed this, this indigenous community and, and rediscovered this ancient um, spiritual psychedelic practice. So he went on to serve Toad in more than 40 countries to well over 10,000 people, appeared um, at conferences and symposia around the world, um, became a superstar psychedelic shaman, as one person in his orbit told me, um, but also had a, a dark current to his work. And over the years, rumors and whispers of reckless facilitation by Octavio and, and harm caused to patients became a, a very divisive issue in the community. So that's what this put the story really got into was, was his emergence as this, as this toad prophet, which people actually referred to him as. And, and then the, the, the very big disputes within that subculture over what his work represented and uh, how much of it was good and how much of it was bad. I'm speaking with Kimo DeGrief, who is a freelance journalist, and his latest piece is in The New Yorker, The Pied Piper of Psychedelic Toads. There is, as you mentioned, an another piece in The New York Times. There's been a lot of interest in this recently. What's the mm -hmm. science tell us about this substance, and is there any actual scientific proof behind all of these claims? Well, there's a, a flood of attention from researchers right now into the potential um, therapeutic benefits of this substance. Um, it's extremely fast acting. Uh, a trip is typically over within half an hour, um, which means that in theory, it could be served to a larger number of patients more cheaply than something like psilocybin, which remains psychoactive for six to 10 hours. Um, there have been surveys of users conducted by, among others, um, Alan Davis, who's a, a researcher at Ohio State University and also does work at Johns Hopkins in their psychedelics research unit. Um, and these surveys have demonstrated that large numbers of toad and synthetic 5-MeO-DMT um, users report um, incredible changes in mood, um, a cessation of uh, cravings if they've uh, had addiction. Um, many report that they've had profoundly mystical experiences and felt connection to uh, divine, divine experiences through this. And... Um, in terms of more sort of rigorous clinical trials, those are only those have only recently begun, and we don't have nearly as as good an idea of what the substance looks like and, and what its safety signals might be, or what its benefits might be, or potential adverse reactions in a larger population. But because of the interest, um, a handful of companies are already seeking to patent potential therapeutic treatments. There's one. British-based company that's producing um, an intranasal depression treatment using 5-MeO-DMT. 
And I think companies like these are sensing that uh, in the next few years, there's likely to be a sea change in, in the legislation of psychedelics and that it may be possible to bring to market um, compounds such as 5-MeO-DMT. Hmm. Um, the other science, um, which is inconclusive, but you alluded to earlier, is um, what does this mean for the Sonoran Desert toad? And, and this is an animal that until 15 years ago was almost entirely left alone. Um, its biggest concern was that um, people would sometimes exterminate it because it's toxic. If your dog bites the toad, your dog can die. And so exterminators in the Southwest and the United States would, you know, sometimes eradicate the toads. But due largely to Octavio and, and, and others like him um, and the boom in demand for the substance, there's now a large, um, entirely unregulated uh, commercial industry harvesting the secretions of these toads, which can be done without injuring them, but at large scale does appear to be having some negative effects on the population. There's anecdotal reports of toads once being abundant in certain towns. They come out in the summer rains and they would fill the streets and people would find them in their swimming pools. And, and now people say we don't see the toads anymore. Um, that may be due to other effects as well, like climate change or um, toxins in the landscape. Um, but herpetologists and conservationists, a growing number are concerned that the flood of interest in this molecule is uh, potentially causing very severe impacts on this toad, which is the only psychoactive toad known to us, um, possibly the only true psychoactive animal. Um, you know, other animals can make you trip, but you'll vomit and, and almost die on the way, um, whereas this is completely unique. And there's a big paradox there because we're talking about a, a transcendental spiritual experience at one end and uh, a harmful ecological supply chain at the other. Um, so it's complicated and, uh, and, and messy, but, but I think quite interesting. It is fascinating stuff and there's so much interest in it right now. Kimon, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you.